0: Hallelujah Christ is risen I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. Hope, hope is the thing with feathers, Emily Dickinson's poem that imagines hope as a bird that sings in our souls, keeping us warm, surviving amidst storms and chill, extreme circumstances, despite its slight and fragile frame. To compare hope to a bird is brilliant in so many ways. We've all had our spirits raised by bird song at dawn when it's still dark out. We've all been delighted and surprised in the midst of a dull day by the sudden movements and bright colors of a bird. So small, so fragile yet gifted with what humans still dream of, flight. In an urban environment, They move from twigs and grasses to plastic bags and fibers to build their nests. What is more hopeful than a bird? And Dickinson says that that bird of hope, that feathered thing, perches within each of our souls, which I think is true. For we humans have hope even in the most dire situations. And when our hopes are not realized, the person we love who is ill is not going to recover. The house will not be spared from the fire. Well, hope adjusts and finds the next hope that we'll have more time together with the one we love, that we might be able to salvage some keepsakes from the fire. Hope is braided into our very genes. It what keeps, it's what keeps us going. And I wonder now in this strange waiting time when we don't know the end, I wonder what is giving you hope now? I wonder what your hopes are and if you'd be willing to share them in the chat box or the comment section on Facebook. You can type those even as I'm talking, for we will share them later. You see, hope is the thing with feathers. It's part of who we are as humans, part of our nature, a gift to all. Yet today in his letter, Peter advises his readers, us to be ready to give an accounting for the hope that is in us. Peter writes to Christian readers who have, been, who have been made part of a new community, one grounded not in a shared social status or age or experience or ethnic identity, but grounded, anchored in the righteous one who lived and died for the unrighteous, the resurrected one who promises us resurrected life. Peter warns his readers that they will face resistance, perhaps oppression, sharing in Christ's suffering. He reminds them that to obey Christ is to live differently from the empire. Yet amidst all those warnings, Peter speaks of hope, a hope particular to people of faith, akin to the fragile yet resilient feathered creature of Dickinson's poem, yet different more than a natural inclination to hope for the best. The hope Peter refers to is not a general sense that somehow all will turn out all right, nor a hope that if I'm good, God will reward me with a good life, but a tough muscular hope that is larger than ourselves. How do we account for that hope? Just what is that hope. I would be a fool if I suggested I had the definitive answer. But I do have two thoughts. I can give an accounting of the hope that is in me by saying that I believe in and follow the God who places me in both a community and a story larger and longer than myself. In other words, Christian hope isn't just about me or just about now, but about all of us and all time. The German theologian Johann Baptist Metz experienced the devastation of World War II. Forced to fight as a 16 year old, Metz returned to his unit after an errand and found his entire unit wiped out, all teenage boys like himself. He became a prisoner of war and then spent the rest of his life forming a theology that insisted on remembering the dead, especially the Jews killed during the Holocaust. He insisted on forming a theology of hope that included justice for all in our community, the poor and the oppressed, as well as the rich and the thriving. Justice for the dead as well as the living. Met sees the Holocaust as an eruption in history when humans absolutely betrayed one another and betrayed God, he insists that little can be said after that horrendous event and yet there is a nonetheless a hope against hope that people of faith have to offer. That hope must be grounded in memory. In telling the truth about suffering about the dead. For Metz, Jesuit priest as well as theologian, the truth about the suffering and the dead can be told because we follow one who suffered, who died, whose resurrection comes out of suffering and death, who overcomes suffering and death. Because of that we can tell the truth of our suffering, of the dead who died without justice, because we have hope that there will be justice and resurrection for all in the culmination of God's story. For Metz, hope isn't about me, but about all of us. My hope is cheap if it's just for me, if it's focused only on the present, on the now. For we hope together, we hope for one another with and for those who suffer and we act out of that hope. Christian hope is communal. As one of you said to me after we shared stories at our town hall last week, an essential part of our identity at All Saints is that we accompany one another even when, especially when we are hopeless. How often people have been supported during times of grief or sorrow, held up by the hope and faith of others when their own faith and hope are failing. Hope is communal, and it is also for all time. One of the gifts of being Christian is that we live in a long story, a story that stretches long behind us, including the saints who have gone before us, and it stretches way ahead of us into a future that we cannot see yet somehow know. A favorite image of Christian hope for me is the anchor. Kate Bowler updated this image for me and I trust her because not only is she a professor of Christian history at Duke, but she has had her own faith shaken after being diagnosed with stage four colon cancer at the age of 36, an illness she continues to live with as a young professor, mother, and wife. Bowler describes Christian hope not as a happy, clappy notion that everything will be okay and we'll get what we want, but rather as an anchor that God places way out ahead of us in history. And that anchor grounds our life. Even as we swirl in sadness and confusion, loss and grief, that that anchor grounds us and God is pulling us toward that anchor of hope with the promise that even if things are a mess now, that, that, that the entire story of God does bend towards love and justice and sense. Whereas Martin Luther King Jr. said, Even though we must accept finite disappointment, we never lose infinite hope. Even during finite disappointment, we never lose infinite hope. That is the accounting of the hope that is within me. I hope because I am part of a community, a community that includes you a community of God, the God who promises to never leave us alone, to leave us orphaned, promises to be with us always. I hope because I trust the God of resurrection who promises that even if all we can see now is sadness and death and disappointment, that that is not all there is, that we have an anchor, not in our own future, but in the future of God, where all is just and loving and made right where death has no dominion and we are all together making our way there. And we make our ways there with the hope that we share with one another, the hopes that you have shared here, grandchildren, Hoped soon to be able to embrace those I love who are not close to me now, a yoga practice, we have hope that we will never forget the kindnesses and love that we experienced during this pandemic. We have hope for recovery, for watching the flowers as they sprout and bud and finally bloom. From Romans 8:38 30 to 39, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We have hope that our efforts have not been in vain that the changes we have made, the connections we have reestablished during this time will serve as a community going forward. We have hope because we planted gardens. We've hope because of spring and because of the kindness even in the community now in this strange new time. We have hope in a new home and in students who are resilient during this hard time. We have hope in choral music that we cannot sing together right now, but we can sing it out at home, remembering the beautiful music we've heard before. We have hope that we can accept this new norm and we can have strength towards this change and kindness towards those who are struggling to accept it. That's the hope we can draw from one another, friends. That's the hope of a community When we hope together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.